2: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to WrestleMania week. Here on Eat, Sleep,
1: Suplex, Weeks.
3: Welcome everybody to this episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I am Sarah Grieve and right now we are on show number four of our WrestleMania week. It's been quite a week so far. We have started off with checking out the undercard. We have done a profile on Batista and also Kofi Kingston. Make sure that you check those out. Now today we are going to be bringing to you the NXT TakeOver New York preview show. Now make sure you hit that subscribe button. We are on iTunes, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites. Make sure you just search Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet on your preferred platform as we are finding new platforms that we are on every single day. Make sure you also catch up with us on social media. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter and also Instagram. But just check we are at Suplex Retweet. Also remember we now have a newsletter that brings to you all the weekly roundup and information about upcoming shows and interviews. Just make sure you check that out. We also have our fresh new website that's got every single bit of information that you could possibly need, including a bio on every single member of the team. So just head on over to suplexretweet.com to check that out. Now, let me introduce you to my panel. First up, last year, we brought to you the first ever takeover special for WrestleMania week, as it happened. Now, along with myself, this man has been on pretty much every takeover special we have done, but because he's here, I'm actually wondering who's guarding Hades. It is our resident <laughs> DJ Ryan Gallagher. That's harsh,
0: man. That is absolutely harsh. <laughs> but I'll take it. Surviving member of the dream team, here we go, sir. So are we alright?
3: Oh yeah. I mean I'm quite I'm quite happy with my intro. You proud of me being mean to you? Ah,
0: listen, that's fine. I expected I expected worse. It was um it was probably a three out of ten on the, the harsh scale, so I'll send you for some more training, you can come out with a ten next year.
3: I'll, I'll take up that training <laughs> now continuing on just like the vulture this man stole the championship cumberbund in the last round of the last two quizzes it is David. hi Holky. sarah hi. and i am
2: your reigning defending eat sleep suplex Between uh, world oh, champion no. hey i've been every show i've been doing that on every show this week and this one's no different and it's good to be back again for my third show this week
3: uh, and there's no wonder that Ross has decided that we are going to split the sweepstakes this time. So TakeOver is going to be by itself. So hopefully, yeah, are we giving the, hopefully, I've been given the
2: Askin treatment here. <laughs> What's this all about?
3: <laughs> and finally, when I was giving my pan off for the show, I actually cheered at the fact that I got the lesser of the two evils out of the McLeod brothers. But don't think for one second that I am not disappointed the fact that he lost the cumberbund in the last round. You grackle. It's Scott McLeod.
1: Oh, I actually liked the start of that intro, but, you know, I'm offended now.
3: <laughs> you grackle.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk about NXT. I'm not happy to be on with the man who's essentially the James Ellsworth to buy AJ Styles. And... Shut it, Tadger.
3: Oh, God. Oh. Why did I get given this panel? Right, guys, I'm pretty sure you're all excited to talk about any, uh, NXT TakeOver. Yeah, is. totally. Now, what we'll do is we'll start off with the outside of the US brand. We'll kick off with the NXT UK Championship. Now we have Pete Dunne defending against Walter. I'll start off, Scott, mm-hmm. we were there in TakeOver for Blackpool when Walter came out to ch- like basically put a head-to-head out for Pete Dunne. Describe to us the impact and the reaction there in Blackpool at the Empress Ballroom.
1: I don't think the network could honestly capture how big of a moment it was because it was deafening when we were in the Empress Ballroom when he came out. Cause- not only that, that, music is so recognizable. It's the same music he was using on the Indies, and I felt like once because everyone would do, myself included, was convinced Joe was going to win. Joe Coffey was going to beat him for the title, and then when Walter, the one who thought it's Walter going to come out, to get out, and then he came out and just and we've been slowly building on NXT UK for this match ever since.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, Ryan, you watched it back on the network. What was it actually watching it just on the TV and you heard Walter's music play?
0: Well, I actually got it spoiled for me because of you guys in the group chat. Sorry. gone mental. (laughs) So that took the sign away, but no, it was, you know, I think we all kind of expected it to happen. Um, I don't know if I expected it to happen there and then. I thought they would have done it on maybe a taping, but the fact that it did come out, you know, you hear the the crowds down down in England, they probably see Voltaire quite a bit more than what we do, and they're more... Kind of familiar, I couldn't have told you we have seen two more when it came out, but when you heard the whole crowd going along with it, it was a wee bit like when Nakamura used to do these entrances before they turned tail and you had everybody sing along to every single part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I thought it was outstanding.
3: Oh, yeah, now mm-hmm. Dave, we know that Pete Dunn has had an exceptional takeover record since winning that god knows how many days ago against 600, Tyler Bay Chicago, 675
2: was the last check.
3: And that's why he's the Mm -hmm. stats man. Now, in your opinion, has Pete's title run been too long? Um,
2: Yes and no, because, you know, going all the way back to, like, the initial United Kingdom Championship tournament in 2017, there was only really, it was really only about two guys, Tyler Bate and the guy who arguably made the most impact but he didn't win the thing, Pete Dunne. The title's Mm -hmm. only changed once since then and that was Pete Dunne beating Tyler Bate off it. And to be honest, I think they've still been going through the whole development of building up the UK brand as a whole and, I think Pete Dunne has been the guy to be the front runner of leading that division since its inception, even since the very first tournament. You know, despite him not winning the thing, he was the guy that everybody talked about. And the fact that he's held that championship for as long as he had, I think it is somewhat justifiable, especially when he is defending it on a regular basis, not just on NXT UK but also the US brand as well. And the fact that he's visiting mm-hmm. other promotions as well he's deve- he's defended it in ICW, he's defended it again in Progress. He's been all over the place and he's actually giving a full representation to UK wrestling as a whole. So I think he's more than earned the title reign for being that long.
3: Brian, do you agree with what Dave said or have you got your own views on Pete's title run?
0: No, I think he's spot on. I think up until this point, I can't think of anybody that he's come up against or anybody he's had the of come up against that would have been the slightest bit credible of taking the title off him. I don't think there's anybody that could have drove it forward. You know, Volta's one of the most dominant stars and probably the world at the minute, especially in the independent scene. He has been for a couple of years, and he's just been going for strength to strength. And I think he's the only person that I could see taking this title off of him. You know, even at, at the last takeover for UK against Joe Coffey, you know, we were all desperate for a wee Joe Coffey win, bring it back to Scotland. But I think that would have been good. I don't think it would have been the next step for your brand by getting to somebody like Joe, not at that point anyway. So I think that, you know, Volter at this one, I can see him. You know, we, I think we can all see this being the end of the title run. Perhaps. And I think he's probably the perfect person to take it on.
3: Scott, is there anything you would actually change about this match? Would you add an extra person in or would you have had it on a taping and not WrestleMania weekend?
1: Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have it on a taping because it's hard not for these things to not get out. Especially when they pre-tape things and it happens with NXT all the time. And mm-hmm. we, talk, we did this on the NXT UK look back a few weeks ago. I explained... The reason why I think this is a perfect time, if Pete is to lose, then this is a perfect moment to do it, because he did win the mat- the title on a U- US TakeOver. Walter is mm-hmm. like, there are a few guys other than Walter that completely take it off him, and he's definitely been made to look strong, and also it's like the biggest weekend in wrestling, like fans from all over, the most diehard fans are all going to be there, and this is a moment that everybody w- will want to be there for, like... A big moment for the biggest weekend in wrestling, and also quite selfishly, I think for all of us that are going to the Glasgow tapings, the idea of going there and seeing the title defended by someone other than Pete Dunne for the first time in nearly two years.
3: Yeah, no, I, I actually do agree. I mean, I think it'd be quite fun walking mm-hmm. into those tapings in Brayhead Arena to see not Pete Dunne because we have seen Pete Dunne defend it if you've watched ICW at Shugs mm-hmm. when it was that fatal four way. We have seen that before. And it is it would be a nice we change up actually, in my opinion. But I'll go around and I'll get your predictions off of everyone. So Scott, who have you got to win?
1: Volter all the way.
3: Ryan?
2: Yeah, same. Volter.
3: Dave, do I expect any difference?
2: Uh you assume correct. I'm also going with Volter.
3: God I see, Quacky was usually the one that's on the fence, but unfortunately I've also got Volter, so it's a clean it's a clean sweep for us, but if you guys disagree with us Don't hesitate to tweet us in Ryan will take
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I will I'll take it Anybody Anybody who wants a square to go I'm your man
3: Right now We'll move away From the UK division Because As cool as that'll be We've got other matches We've got so many other title matches Going on Now we'll move on To the North America title So we have The Velveteen Dream Taking on The King of Bro style Matt Riddle
1: uh, Please don't do that
2: ever please. again
3: yeah, please don't. <laughs> Honestly,
2: just, seriously, hearing his name, it just gets you on such a buzz, by the way. It's, it's fantastic.
3: Now, this match was originally meant to be a multi-man match. It was actually, originally, it was meant to be, the Velveteen Dream was meant to be defending against Matt Riddle and baby Abby Baby. Well, Ryan, see so as you're the only one that didn't do the baby, has this change that's happened affected the build-up for this match?
0: No, because I think that... The you know if I had to pick the match my, myself if I went with a one on one or a, a triple threat I would have picked the one on one all day you know I, I think Adam Cole's had his you know his title run with that that particular belt I think he's he's moved past that again so I think putting him in this one would have seemed like an extra guy because I don't I would never have seen him putting the belt back on him again mm. so I think actually having the two of them going one on one with each other having that storyline that they've had for a couple of weeks you know I think it gave them the chance to build up kind of build up this match a bit better than they would have had with the Adam Cole involvement
1: so no I think that's just spot on Yeah that's very true
3: Scott do you agree with that or would you have kept it a multi-man match
1: Yeah I'd have been i been happy with either because like the idea of the one match between Dream and Riddle is kind of a dream match but if I was actually going to put any member of the Undisputed Era and I think it would have made more sense to put Roderick Strong in because like as Ryan said Cole's kind of had his time with the North American title and I think. Going after the NXT title, even though it wasn't the plan, it does seem a more natural progression with Bobby and Kyle getting back together as a tie team, like Roderick going after the North American title kind of makes more sense to me.
3: Yeah, Dave, do you agree?
1: Yeah, I think the, the
2: Dream Riddle feuds actually, as a one on one, definitely was the best way to go so it kind of like this is sort of the silver lining in the cloud that is the NXT Championship picture and honestly I think the chemistry that these two guys bounce off each other like even just their presence alone and their charisma and their mannerisms it just gels so so well and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this match I want to see where it goes
3: I mean who doesn't love the dream sitting on a couch on the ramp watching a Matt The match
2: Velveteen Amazing. Dream is fantastic Amazing. the way he just carries himself as champion
3: I mean, let's, let's talk about the dream for a second. I mean, we'll get, I'll get everyone's favourite aspects of the dream, like, leading up to this match. So, Rai, what's been your marquee moment of the dream?
0: It's got to be the couch. <laughs> I know we mentioned it, but, you know, that just totally epitomises his full character. Him coming out on the, the chair is just peak Velveteen dream. You know, that just sums up his character in one small video clip. If you never knew about the Velveteen dream you could show somebody that clip and they would get it spot on. I think that's probably been the, the highlight of this whole feud for me. But, you know, I, I think Matt Riddle brings his, you know, he's got that kind of quiet, kind of unassuming character where you think he's hes not even phased by the Velveteen Dream being, being a bit out there. And I think that's actually worked quite well because it's almost as if he's going, right, okay, what are you doing now? Right, fine, okay, right, see you Sunday, see you, see you Monday, see you Tuesday, you know, see you whenever. You know, it's almost like he doesn't care about the Dream's character, which I think works quite well, actually.
3: Yeah, uh, Scott, what's been your i like your marquee Velveteen Dream
1: moment? Well, I was going to mention the coach, but I think another good moment is when the week first appearance he made once he won the title, he just came out, just commandeered the announce table, just stood up on top of the announce table, just like, showing off the belt, and you can tell this was match was a good idea, because as soon as the, the bro of Matt Metal's music hit, when he came out, the crowd knew what was happening, they went mental, because the idea of this match, like, they wanted to see it, and... It's kind of a good contrast because you've got Riddle who's so laid back against the Dream who's so like over the top.
3: Yeah, Dave, and um, we've mentioned the couch, we've mentioned the mm-hmm. table. What about you? You know what I
2: actually really liked? NXT Takeover Phoenix. Well, he wasn't competing in a match, but he had that bright orange like turtleneck on and the hat, and he <laughs> walks out of the, he walks out of a, like a limo with two women on each arm and he just sits in the crowd watching it I think that was brilliant to be honest like he's the guy who just like he could get away with anything he's like he just acts like such a boss when it comes to and he's so flamboyant as well so he just just even his mannerisms just gets over with the crowd in any sort of circumstance I think that's what I really really like about him
3: oh yeah I think I think just any promo for me that the dream does like you just you get right behind it because you can just you buy into it He's that charismatic, you just want to sit and watch him talk. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Matt Riddle now. He's only competed at two takeovers.
0: If you can count the first one.
3: Uh, if we even count the five seconds Still of the We'll talk about Matt Riddle. So, Dave, what have you liked about Matt Riddle so I far? I like
2: how, like, when he's outside of the ring and he does his entrance, you know, I think Scott said it before, he's, he's very sort of laid back and he doesn't come across as maybe, like, a very serious competitor. Yet when he steps into the ring, he could literally... <coughs> tear your head off within about five seconds and the bro mission submission move that looks devastating
3: yeah ryan what have, what have you liked about matt riddle so far
0: i think my favorite matt riddle moment since he's come in was the match with drew Gerlach. two guys who are outstanding at submission wrestling i would love to see that match again at some point you know on a, on a bigger a bigger stage you know i think it the fact that that was on a kind of normal taping kind of was a bit of a, a missed opportunity. I think you know if you brought Drew Gulak down for that that match, if you gave them a kind of reasonable amount of time on a takeover event, would you know? I think that that match would be outstanding.
3: Scott, what have you thought about him so far? Yeah,
1: I've, I've liked Matt Riddle because, like as we said, he's so like laid back. But the way he can just make that like switch from laid back, like cool guy, who comes up with the flip flops and no shoes. On. No socks on, <laughs> and then just switch that switch to and he's just a killer. And you, like you get you see in the bro mission, and uh, which I think it's gonna be interesting about it going into this match. But I've like a lot of these, the character work for Riddle. They've actually been doing it on on TV. They've been doing it kind of on the network and on the YouTube with that arrival series, where it's kind of following him around mm-hmm. the performance center around, uh, Orlando. and Orlando. It kind of shows you like behind scenes like who Matt Riddle is, and it just like shows how it's pretty much like. How he is behind the scenes is kind of like how he comes across. He's just a cool, laid back guy.
3: I've loved Matt Weather. Like, I think I watched him in Discovery last year, and that was like my first actual proper seeing him. And it was actually quite terrifying how quickly he can go from being laid back to an actual machine when he steps in between those ropes. It's quite scary.
0: I still think that his one weakness, though, has still got to be Lego. <laughs> so
2: the fact that he doesn't
3: wrestle in shoes, yes. Yeah.
0: Listen, we've all stubbed our toe. You ever stood? At- we know how bad that is when you stub yeah. your toe. Have you ever stood on a plug with your bare feet? I have done. <laughs> it's yes, painful and it is, it is terrible. You know they bring out tables, they bring out chairs, Now, nah. Lego. Fire some Lego down on the ring. It, it'll get counted. It.
3: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I think we've got to give a shout out to Clacky because he did actually say that he has mastered Matt Riddle's entries by kicking off the flip flops.
0: I would love to see that.
3: If you guys want to see a video of Quacky doing it, please tweet us in at Suplex retweet. Now, I'll go around and I'll get your predictions off of everybody. Dave, who have you got winning?
2: See, this is one I was really struggling with, but I think just because Dream has only just won the championship, I think he needs to keep it going for a bit longer. So
0: I want Matt Riddle to win, but I think Dream's taking it.
3: Okay. Ryan, you got anything different?
0: Uh, I do. Um, I don't think this one's going to be a clean cut. I think you can see some form of interference. In this match ending in a no contest, I can see uh, an undisputed error. We were talking about Roderick Strong earlier on. I've got a f- sneaky feeling that he'll get himself entered into this match. Not into the match, but you know, I think he'll cost somebody and, you know, start like in a kind of three way feud. In this one, I can't see you know, I think the wants to keep the belt, but I can't see it being a clean cut finish.
3: All right, okay. That's interesting. Scott, how about you?
1: Uh, like I said, this is the hardest one for me to call, but I think, like as Dave said, because he's just got the belt, I'm going to go over my heart and say that the dream retains.
3: Yeah, no, I'm the exact same. Like I, I don't want the dream to lose the belt just yet. I mean, it'd be nice to see Matt Riddle with it somewhere down the line, but yeah. not right now.
1: Just, just imagine one of the dreams, like with all those entrances everybody's always talking about. Just imagine it with the belt around his waist, how good it will look.
3: It'll look amazing. It's also his gear. I can't wait to see his gear for WrestleMania. Weekend. I was just gonna
2: say, yeah. What do you think his outfit's gonna be this over
3: I mean, it'll, it'll, not to say it's real, but it will probably have like some weed or something <laughs> on it, or some some <laughs> sort of psychedelic colours. You like, never
2: know. That's no, not very peppy. Just be <laughs> a be a dragon, and then Matt Riddle could be chasing the dragon. <laughs>
3: oh god! Have,
2: have them coming. in some
0: custom purple flip flops.
3: Ooh, nice, nice. Could
0: you imagine the dream stole Matt Riddle's entrance?
1: Oh my god. <laughs> well, you're saying the dream's going to come out with a hat on as
0: well? It <laughs> could do. Come out with a hat on, flip flops, kick him out of the crowd, steal his moment.
3: Steal the show. I, I mean, like, you could have him coming out like the Velveteen Dreams music, but it's a sort of bro psychedelic way. <laughs> oh, <the laughs> I just hope he gets
2: a smoke machine with it as well.
3: Oh, you know the dream, no, no, a smoke I mean, machine. No, no, The dream no. wants well, what the I dream mean, gets.
2: Matt, Matt Riddle should have a smoke machine
1: as well.
0: No, don't do that, he'll tell it <laughs>
3: And this is why we have Ryan mm. on the show.
1: Two days after take we find right. out Matt Middle has been suspended for <laughs> 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 well, wellness policy team.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Right, guys, we'll move on to the next match. We have got the winners of the Dusty Classic, Ricochet and Alistair Black, taking on the War Raiders for the Tag Team Championship. Now, first of all, what do you guys think of this match just as a whole, Dave? How about you?
2: I've got kind of mixed feelings about it because you know the War Raiders haven't sort of been on NXT TV every week but obviously because of various reasons like Ro was getting married and I think Hanson was out maybe with with an injury I think and obviously with the challengers being Ricochet and Black they've sort of been flip-flopping between NXT Raw and Smackdown so they're kind of a bit all over the place at the minute and as a team themselves I always find them to be a very sort of odd couple tag team Kind of like when Finn Balor and Samoa Joe won the first Dusty Classic. That's kind of what it reminds me of. It's two guys who seem more prominent as singles competitors going as a tag team. It does seem a bit odd that, that they're in this position. But in a weird way, it actually kind of makes sense. Because I think they'll be featured more on Raw and SmackDown after this. But I think War Raiders need, definitively, they need a big win. And who better to face than two guys who have made a huge impact on NXT primarily as singles competitors.
3: Scott, like Dave just mentioned there, you've had Ricochet and Alistair Black flip-flopping between Raw and SmackDown and NXT, mm-hmm. but how do you think this has actually affected the booking of this like Dusty Rose Tag Team Championship Classic?
1: I don't know, I have a feeling like the decided so just put them together, kind of threw them together on Raw, so I thought they must have thought, let's try that on NXT, we've got to fill a spot for the, the classic, but I think weirdly, I like think said they are an odd couple, but I think they've weirdly kind of gelled no time ago, especially, like, that Dusty final match, they were pulling out some really good team spots in that match, and the, the War Raiders, not being on TV, like, they've kind of been doing this thing where they've been kind of working around, kind of, like, just keeping an eye on the competitors in the Dusty Classic, trying to see who their opponents would be, but I do wish, like, they'd, they, like, competed in, like, a couple, like, squash matches, like, getting some, like, jobs out of the performance centre just kind of, like, a couple of minutes, and then kind of send it as a warrant to, like, if you win the Dusty Classic, like, it's not a prize, like, You've got to go up against us, and this is what's going to happen to you. I do think it's definitely an interesting like match, putting these two against the War Raiders.
3: I mean, yeah, Ryan. Speaking of the, like their chemistry. What have you actually thought about Ricochet and Black? Like they are a completely odd and You would not put them together on paper.
0: No, they definitely don't look like a tag team. But I think the those two styles actually mesh quite well. Um, I think they complement each other quite well. I just, I don't, I'm not fully into this match because, like the guys have already said, you know, the Warriors haven't really done much in the past few weeks. You know, Black and Ricochet have been up to to run SmackDown and doing their thing over there. I, I think having them on different shows as well, at like SmackDown, kind of makes you think that they're not obviously going to win this match. But I, I think takes away from a lot of the the kind of hype for it there's nothing worse when you go into a match and you're like right, okay it's going to be a good match and don't get me wrong I think it will still be an outstanding match you know I think the the four guys will compliment each other really well but I just and I'm, I'm not one for liking people to get thrown together in tag teams you know I like I like a tag team maybe guys that have tagged together across the world for years you know that know each other inside out that are going to work well like the Revival for example you know the, the two of them work well spot on War Raiders perfect you know the undisputed era as well. You know they work really well. I just I, I don't really see this match being a classic, but I still I still think it will be a an outstanding match.
3: Yeah, I mean like we, like we've just discussed like over and over and over again that Ricochet and Black they were just sort of thrown together for like a team in the Dusty Classic. Now they actually faced off against the Forgotten Sons in the final. Looking at this match, you would actually technically put down the War Raiders and Ricochet and Al Black as both being baby team uh, baby face teams. Would you guys have preferred the face versus face or a heel versus face team? Uh, Dave, what were you?
2: See, I think in this instance, the face v face kind of makes sense because obviously Black and Ricochet have been sort of brushing shoulders with the main roster as well. So I think this match in particular, I think this is going to be a way to move them sideways towards the main roster now, just sort of like a send-off because I think a face v heel, you know, it would just be treated as sort of like a standard match that you could see maybe either in a couple of weeks' time or at the next takeover. So, and I think you would want some prominent NXT stars, you know, guys that have really sort of captivated the audience to win the Dusty Classic. Now, not to take anything away from the Forgotten Suns, because they've done so well to come across as a dominant tag team. And I think they would have made just as good Dusty Cup winners uh, as any of the other teams would have. And also, like, going back to Scott's point about, you know, why the War Raiders not faced any jobber tag teams, I think that's why they brought back the Dusty Classic anyway, because they had to feature as many of the tag teams in the NXT division as possible so that nobody would come across as weak. And I think maybe that's why War Raiders may not have had as much build compared to, say, Black and Ricochet have. So again, I think I wouldn't be surprised if this match opened the show, but I don't see it being a classic, you know, like maybe Undisputed Era versus like Mustache Mountain or something but you never know they could pull Mm -hmm. out a surprise like I wasn't expecting much out of Undisputed Era versus Larkin and Birch but that absolutely tore the house down in NXT TakeOver Chicago
3: yeah we'll see we've got loads and loads of tag teams kicking around the division now one thing I was actually thinking about while looking at this match maybe they didn't actually have to have a tag team championship match now hear me out what if it had been a champion versus champion tag team match and bring in James Drake and Zach Gibson and had the NXT whoa, whoa, whoa. UK brand go off against the UK, uh, the US Ooh, brand.
1: Would have loved it.
3: But well, we'll fantasy book for a wee second on what I said about possibly having champion versus champion. Ryan, what would you have done? Would you have done a wee fantasy book and champion versus champion, or would you have picked a different team to face the War Raiders?
0: I did not think about that beforehand, but you've actually just you've knocked it out of the park. With oh, that, you know that I could not think of a better tag team match for this. You know, this weekend, we you're trying to get the exposure for your UK brand, you know, bringing them two guys in, putting them up against the War Raiders, that would have been amazing. And I think that, you know, Black and Ricochet is a bit of a kind of wasted team. You know, I, I can't see them being a tag team for years. I also think that the two of them would be so much better going individually. You know, I could see Black being a, a kind of main guy one day. I could see Ricochet, you know... He, he, he could be a main guy, but I can see him running a bit intercontinental type matches, and I think that putting him in a tag team, I can't ever see him getting any tag team belts. So why bother? Whereas if you brought in Gibson and Drake for this one, have just have a, a match. You know, it doesn't need to be for anything. It doesn't need to be for any, any titles. You know, is that Gibson in front of that crowd? You know, with all the heat that he gets, you, that would have been yeah. a proper face versus heel match. I would have loved to have seen that
3: yeah because it it would have actually just been like the two dominant tag teams in the the NXT brands so to speak nothing has to be on the line it's just bragging rights really
0: just a good match that's all all you need
3: exactly Dave um, what do you think about my possible my my lovely fact well
2: I mean I wouldn't say no to it because I think you know it's uh, it'd just be an argument for brand supremacy and you do see these kinds of matches around Wrestlemania weekend like Mm -hmm. you know at Wrestlemania 24 you had Batista versus Umaga that was a sort of brand supremacy match and you know the case of you know lesnar goldberg won the rest of the 20 which that's all i'll mention with, about that car crash but um <laughs> i think nxt versus nxt uk battle of the tag champs that would be really good the only my only argument against it would be what, what would then be the point of the dusty cup because the the prize for winning that is a shot at the nxt tag Titles and the fact that they're sort of playing second fiddle to the NXT UK brand it almost it almost feels kind of pointless if they're just going for the brand supremacy angle and i think in this day and age where sort of tag team wrestling is sort of taking a bit of a dip again having NXT sort of highlight it in a better light with the example of the dusty classic i think that was probably the best thing they could have done because it benefits more tag teams in the whole rather than just sort of recognizing the two different sets of champions but again I think fantasy booking that definitely would have sold tickets either way but I think what they're doing with the Dusty Cup and having Black and Ricochet challenge them I think it was probably the the better thing to do
3: yeah no there's there's definitely arguments for and against it. to the listeners that are listening in right now let us know what you think would you have preferred to see a bragging rights match or are you happy with this tag team match that we've got so far but I'm going to go around and I'm going to get your predictions off of everybody so Scott who have you got to win this match
1: uh, War Raiders, because I think Black and Ricochet are going to the
2: main roster after Mania. Dave? Uh, yeah, same as Scott. I've got with, gone with War Raiders uh, because Black and Ricochet are going sideways to the main roster. He's
3: mm. catching on. Brian, have
0: you got the same? <laughs> yeah, exact same as the guys. You know, I think they've they, they've run their course now. I think you know when you put them on a tight team like this, that's kind of the end of their the NSC time. They'll go into bigger, better things
3: now. Uh, Yeah, I'm the same. I've got the War Raiders. I don't see Black and Ricochet winning, especially because War Raiders have basically just won the belts. Keep them on there for a little while Mm -hmm. and let them actually put some dominance in. And maybe down the line, probably SummerSlam or Survivor Series time, or even maybe before Money in the Bank if they're going to get one this year. We'll see what happens. Now, we're going to move on to one match that I'm extremely looking forward to. Now, it is the Fatal 4-Way for the Women's Championship. So we have the Queen of Hearts, Shayna Baszler, defending her title against the EST of NXT, Bianca Belair, the Pirate Princess and former champion, Kyrie Sane, and also the Genius of the Sky, Io Shirai. That's
0: such a great name, Io Shirai, Genius of the Sky. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I do not actually realise that, right? Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what, what do you guys think about this? I mean, this is like the four top women that you've got in NXT right now, all going head to head.
2: Yeah, totally. I think the only thing it's missing now is uh, if we want to create a bit of insanity, make it a fatal five-way with Nikki Cross, but obviously she's floundering on the main roster at the minute. So, but hey, wishful
1: thinking.
3: Scott, what do you think about this match?
1: Yes, yeah, uh, on the one hand, I kind of wish this was, Who uh, would have rather seen a one-on-one match between Shirai and Baszler because I think the other two have had like uh, opportunities in the past, but on the other hand, I think it's kind of fitting that it's a four-way, because Baszler's kind of been making use of her fellow horsewomen to help her win matches ever since she won the title back at Evolution, and now with her and the other two horsewomen, the odds are kind of even with the other three on the other side, so it's one of the things where I don't think she has the advantage anymore, so storytelling why that's kind of interesting.
3: Yeah, see, Ryan, now Bianca Belair came so close at the last takeover to actually <laughs> taking the championship from Shana. Yep. We all know how much you love Bianca Belair, so I love
0: let you, that song. I'll let what you have floor with this
3: one.
0: I do you know I've, I've made a wee note on that. You know, I would have actually preferred to have seen this this storyline go from Bianca Belair missing out on the last one and then coming full circle and then winning it at this show. You know, I, I can see Shana losing this regardless and I've got a wee prediction for the row after Mania, which we'll get to later on. Mm-hmm. But I can see Belia winning this regardless, but I would have liked to have just seen her have her own her own moment as opposed to sharing it. You know, I, I think Kairi Sane and Io Shirai, you know, they're, they're good, but I don't think they've done enough to actually be chucked in to this yet. You know, I know they had the, the match where Shirai pinned, pinned Baszler and then they had the wee confrontation, and it kind of went from there. I would have liked to have seen that not happen. Mm-hmm. and just have Belair you know what was the, the NXT event they had where she basically booted all three of them then ran out the ring and kind of swished her hair you know I, I thought that was quite a good like look at me I'm going to over, overthrow the three of these type thing whereas now you've kind of outdone that underdog type thing by putting another two people in it you know uh, and that's going by my assumption that is going to win which I think will happen but you know I would like to have just seen it being a one on one straight up here's me defeating these three dominant women and having my moment in front of the in front of the, the takeover crowd
3: oh yeah absolutely I mean I was actually surprised that Kyrie, Sane and Io Shirai were in the women's tag team title picture for maybe this year
2: mm-hmm. well if, if they're not um, doing it this year they have to do it next year and considering the next year's in Tampa Bay where it's the home of the Buccaneers you've got a couple of Sky Pirates there can you just imagine what their entrance would be like I wouldn't be surprised if they came out on a galleon
3: I like that idea, actually.
0: <laughs> I, would, I would like to see that. That'd be that'd be interesting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, Scott, mm-hmm. Fatal 4-Way, the odds are stacked against Shayna Baszler, but what do you think about her possibly coming away with the win via nefarious means? Do you see that happening? Given the fact that her Fatal 4-Way will be a no disqualification.
1: Well, like I said, I think that's why, like, in a a of form it kind of makes sense in that, like, while there's no DQ, odds-wise, it's actually even because there's three opponents and three horse women. so the odds are kind of even, and I actually do think, like, I agree with Ryan about eh, not walking away with the title because I think she's going to the main roster, but eh, there are rumours of her fellow horsewomen going their separate ways. Like even rumors of is it Maria Shafir that's married to Roderick Strong? Yep. There's rumors of her actually after Mania joining the Undisputed Era. Ooh. Yeah, I heard about that actually. I think, be I think they've been teaming. Yeah, so I think they've been teammates together at outdoors yeah. as well. And there's rumors also of just been going in a singles. So I think if Baszler loses, then maybe she blames her fellow horsewoman for kind of costing her. That could be the reason for kind of the implosion for now, and maybe they come back together along with Ronda later date.
3: Yeah. No, that's what I'm possibly thinking. Like I can see you guys teasing about Shayna moving sideways to the main roster now. My initial prediction was that Becky's going to win all the titles and she's going to cut a promo Raw After Mania and all you hear is Shayna's music. That's what I think is going to
1: happen. Probably would build to that like four horse v four horse match that they had been teasing for and been rumoured for like months now. It's been rumoured for years.
3: yep Uh, but yeah we'll talk about the involvement of the other horsewomen so Shayna does have Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke in her corner now they have helped her on so many occasions so much so that it cost me the ESSR championship at Evolution still raging about that but I do like the idea of Shayna turning her back on them because maybe the fact that they they might cost her because even though there's three horsewomen, there's still Shayna versus three other women. They're still outnumbered by one person. That's what you got to think of. So, does anybody believe that the horsewomen are going to cost Shayna? If so, who is going to be the one to cost her? Ryan?
0: I can't see them costing her. You know, I think they're going to get involved, but this goes back to my whole point of I don't see why it has to be a fatal four-way because you don't get two people interfering in a match where they've got three people to try and take out. If that makes sense, you know, if Shayna's down, and then they came out to try and interfere. You know, there's two of them trying to go up against the other women. You know, that totally takes away from the the, the mob-handed kind of scenario. So that's why I, I can't really see it. I can see them getting involved. I just think it'll be a bit daft.
3: Dave, Scott, do you guys disagree or do you agree with Ryan You See, I, I can see them oh.
2: definitely getting involved. Like, because obviously, you know, it's, it's Shayna versus the others, so she needs to even the, the playing field a bit. I think mm-hmm. the way I see it going is they will get involved. They will... I think they're going to try and aim for Kyrie and Eo, primarily. And I think Bianca Belair is going to take advantage of that and sneak a win. Because it's been kind of hard to tell if she's a face or a heel, but I think in this case, she's more towards a heel. So I think she might try and pull a sneaky one out the bag.
3: All right, and uh, Scott, what do you think?
1: Like I was saying about them possibly employly, like, I don't think, I know they'll get involved, I just don't think they'll intentionally cost you. I think it will be kind of more of a miscommunication and that. And inadvertently cost Shayna, and that's like one of them will go off like, to me, like Kyrie in accidentally like catch Shayna or something like that. Like, a thought talking about it being a one on one match. I think but the best reason for it to have it as a one on one, like if EO, for example, beats her one on one and Shayna goes to the main roster, you've got like reason for the next table of like Bianca Belair to like argue that should be me in that spot. I should add a rematch with Shayna. Right,
3: I'm going to go around and I'm going to get your predictions off of everyone. So, Ryan, who have you got to win this?
0: Bianca
2: Belair. Ioshirai. I'm also going to say Bianca Belair, but I would want you to win at some point.
3: Yeah, I, it was a really, really tough one. When I was getting asked for my sweepstake predictions, I think I deleted my answer about six times. <laughs> <laughs> like I kept going, it was like jumping between Io Shirai and Bianca Belair, but I have actually ended on Bianca Belair because yes, I mean who, like she came so close the last time. Kyrie, like she is way too precious, but I don't think. She's got that stepping stone to be a champion just yet. Eo, the most decorated person that I have ever seen. Like, I love her so much. As do
2: I. She, to win she the... still...
3: You had her to win the yeah, Young I had, her, had her to win
2: the May Young Classic, so and that cost me my sweep at uh, Evolution.
3: Oh, what a shame. But I don't think that she's quite there yet, because just because she's brand new, she's got plenty of time. I think she's
2: going to defeat Bianca for the title at some point.
3: alright that's a very, very bold production, and Ryan's going to probably batter you right now.
1: Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's three against one for you, then
3: Well, we'll see your face if you're completely smug. We will bow. Well, I will bow down. I don't know about the other two, but I will. I will shake your hand, uh, Scott. If um, it does turn out that you're correct,
1: I will look you all Um, in the eye and say vindication. Of course.
3: Now, we will move on to the main event of NXT TakeOver New York. Now, this is one of the biggest matches that is probably ever going to come out of NXT. Unfortunately, due to injury and poor Tommaso Ciampa having to go for neck surgery and vacating, poor Goldie. Uh, We'll just take a wee second to, like, honour the fallen, first of all.
0: And um, that's over. <laughs> 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 well played, team.
3: So we have got the NXT Championship now. It's a vacant title, and it is. It was originally meant to be Gargano versus Champa number four.
1: Champa Gargano do... four. This time it's really personal.
3: <laughs> yeah, before I have an epic meltdown because we all know what happened to me every single time that there's a Gargano Champa match. But now it is now turned into Johnny Gargano versus Ampo. Baby. And it's going to be a two out of three falls match. Now, we'll start off just chatting quickly about the original match. Now, Champo Gargano 4, how do you guys feel about not getting that match? Ryan, I'll start with you.
0: I, I don't really know because I think two and three, I was a bit like, right, okay, we're getting this again. And then before before I knew it, I was totally invested in the match and totally suckered in and they've knocked it out of the park. So I kind of get the feeling that I would have changed my mind again. On this one, you know, uh, the the thought of it, I was going right, okay, hi we'll get another all match, that'll be fine, and then I can guarantee at the end of it, I'd go, I want that again, I want that match every single night for the rest of my life, <laughs> I want to watch that match. So I think that my opinion on it always changes um, every time I think about it, and I think it would have changed again. You know, don't get me wrong, <laughs> actually quite and it's quite sad on Champa. But I actually quite like the the twist. I quite like this change. And I know somebody's had to get some serious neck surgery for this to happen. But I actually quite like the idea of Gargano against Adam Cole in a two out of three falls match. If you could have gave me any match to pick, that probably would have been it.
3: I mean, yeah, you've got like the two absolute top guys in NXT now going for the title. And it does make a bit of a welcome change because... I did say on our undercard show, Dave will remember very, mm-hmm. very, vividly, that I've said, how many times can you have a match before it gets stale and before people start turning on the actual stars that are in said match? So I, I do welcome this match. I mean, it is sad, but I think it'd be nice to watch it take over and not have a meltdown at the same time. <laughs> Dave, what's your thoughts on not getting Champa versus Gargano?
2: Honestly, before? I'm gutted because I think the gargano Champa story has... Hands down, been the best story that WWE has told, either on NXT or on the main roster, for about maybe five years. Like, I have not been more invested in a storyline as much as I have with these two since maybe Daniel Bryan versus The Authority. The fact that we're not getting that fourth match, I mean, I'd called it like, I had a feeling we were going to get it like months ago, maybe even as far back as, say, SummerSlam or Survivor Series. And I was hoping to see something that would absolutely. Destroy both of them, but also end the feud for good. I was even anticipating that there was going to be a Hell in a Cell match for the first time in NXT history. That's how much bad blood these two have between them. And you know, you were saying, like, how many matches can you see, but how many times can you see the same match before it gets boring? Like, seeing Mm -hmm. the original three sort of at the start of the year and at NXT Takeover New Orleans, I could have seen one more match happening anyway, just because every time they put on an absolute stellar of a match. And the fact that they, they were going to leave na- like maybe about a nine-month gap between the last one, I think that was just enough time to sort of get the fans back into the story, add a few new twists to it, you know, sort of tease how Gargano behaves throughout. And when it pays off, like, at the end, it's like a full trilogy of, like, a full movie trilogy has been told in the space of about a year. And the fact that it's not getting its big payoff... Oh, it was it was devastating to hear, and cha- I hope Jets gets well soon with his neck surgery, etc.
3: Oh, absolutely. Now, see, when you look at this, now, I have said before that I believe a two out of three falls match is the sort of final match that should put everything to bed and put a rivalry to bed, choosing who is the best person, because it's two wins out of three. Scott, mm-hmm. would this have been your stipulation of choice, like... Even Gargano versus Champa, or now when it's Gargano versus Adam Cole, or would you prefer just a one-on-one, no stipulation, just the end game as the title?
1: Well, as much as I was like looking forward to seeing Champa Gargano episode four, New Hope oh, for uh, crying out loud! <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to think of something better than Electric boogle. I've used that too many times. That is true. But uh, like, it was going to be the culmination of all of these years of storytelling. But like, it's one of those things like as, as angry as you are, like, there's nothing you can really do about it. Mm-hmm. And also, I think two out three falls is like, it's not as personal enough for these guys, even when they've, especially since they've had like unsanctioned matches. I think, like, for Cole Gargano, you like, and it's just goes to how good these guys are, because in like one promo, the promo they did last week, in one promo, they've managed to sell me and like sell a lot of people on this match. And I think a two out of three falls match for them is perfect. And I actually think two out three falls is kind of a, I think I mentioned this on the best of the takeover. Absolutely. I think two of three falls is kind of an underrated like stipulation in terms of like how it makes sure there's a definitive It's like you said, like two to one or sometimes in some cases like two to nothing, like this should be the one that proves like for a while it was XC like block match like this proves like who undoubtedly is the better competitor. Mm-hmm. Just
2: to sort of add All to right. that point, Scott, I think this is like the most sort of indie wrestling style match you could have asked for. Like Johnny Wrestling versus Adam Cole, two out of three falls. Give these guys 30 to 45 minutes, they will just tear the house down. But I would say if we did get gargano Champa, I would refer back to what I said about maybe it possibly being hell in a cell. But I think if we're going to make it two out of three falls, let's up the ante with that. Make it three stages of hell. So it's a triple stipulation match.
3: Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, play, I'll play devil's advocate here. What would be your stipulations?
2: Um... Uh, I'm just trying to think back to Triple H, Shawn Michaels at Armageddon 2002, because they had a street fight, cage match, and a ladder match. I think right. first match could be street fight. Second match could be maybe a, a tables match, perhaps. And okay. third match, maybe either last man standing... Or maybe I don't know ambulance match. Maybe they could get Crutchy involved. <laughs> so it's kind of it, it's sort of like three stages of hell. In a way, they're sort of telling the story of their original trilogy, and it's came full circle.
3: All right, okay, Ryan. Do you have any fantasy booking, or what would you prefer for this match?
0: I don't think there's been enough of a storyline or enough build naturally for this match to to warrant a two or a three falls match. You know that's like we said is like a kinda, you know, end of feud type match and they've not had a feud. You know, they've committed a couple a couple of promos on this match because, you know, we all know that they've not really had a, anything to do with that. You know, it's it's an unfortunate situation that they've been put in there. But I just I would have just kept it a straight up one on one. I think the the two or three falls is just a bit random for this non feud so far. Um and I don't think you can I know that Scott said they were sold on that. You know, I was sold on on the storyline kind of aspect of it but on the actual match you know I would have just gave them like half an hour just go knock it out of the park and have a, a straight up one on one first pin wins type match
3: I mean yeah I don't disagree with that but we'll talk about the rest of the Undisputed Era now they have not got a match at NXT TakeOver just now but Adam Cole did say that this year was going to be the gold for Undisputed Era now do you see any possible involvement from the rest of the Undisputed Era to
1: ensure yes, that Adam yes. Cole wins, I think, like, <laughs> yeah, I think Cole's going to like take the first fall because I always believe if a fe- it's a heel v face, like the face should always start one fall down. That kind of begins like the amount of fight from underneath. I think there's mm-hmm. going to be some involvement to at least give Cole the first fall to even like start the do- the deck and more against Gargano because like he plays that underdog character very well.
3: Yeah, Dave, what about you?
1: I actually think Gargano could take
2: the first fall by disqualification. In the sense that maybe the Undisputed air comes down after about maybe 10-15 minutes or so. And then they beat down Gargano. So he gets the first fall by disqualification. And then when the second fall happens, Cole could just easily cover him for the second fall. And then this could be the underdog story where Gargano fights back. And this is where the epic clash happens over the third fall.
3: Alright, okay. Ryan, have you got anything different? Or have you just gone Mm. straight?
0: No, Dave literally just stole exactly what I was going to say. (laughs) Um, I can see them getting involved Johnny getting the first one A simple one to make it one each And then Johnny will fight back So I'm exactly the same as Dave
3: See I've actually got it a little bit different Like I do agree with Scott that the (coughs) babyface Should take the first fall as a sort of underdog story But I do think when it comes to the second fall That Adam is going to get so frustrated Because Johnny is the heart and soul He's got fighting through it He's just going to keep kicking out And kicking out and kicking out now, this will either happen the second or the third fall because I've got Adam Cole to win this thing. So this is what I, I can hopefully see happening um, is that they can try and just beat down Johnny so much to get disqualified, but Adam can quickly get that pin after getting a very quick, frustrated, keep kicking out, if you get me.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but I'll go do, I'll go around and I'll get your predictions just around this up, um, but I will also ask you uh, what order people are going to take each fall. So, Ryan, I'll start with you.
0: I can see Johnny... Picking up the first one, Cole level on it, and then Johnny taking it two one. Okay,
1: Scott. I have Cole winning the first fall, but Johnny to pull it back in the second and the third fall, and finally getting the tail.
3: And Dave, what
1: Oof, you? I'm gonna have a nervous breakdown watching this one because I absolutely
2: love Adam Cole, but I think I reiterate what I said before. I think Gargano's gonna get the first fall, Cole gets the second, and then Gargano gets the third.
3: Well, I think I'm the only one that's got Adam Cole to win this thing. No,
2: honestly, I want Adam Cole to win, but I think this is Gargano's chance.
3: See, I honestly think Gargano is moving sideways and he's going to be the sort of top guy for SmackDown. This is what I'm hoping that's going to happen. But uh, I think that Gargano's going to take... He's going to win the first fall and then it's going to be a straight two for Adam Cole, all down to thank you, the Undisputed Era. I would like to see that.
2: Uh I, I disagree. I think I would like to see... Johnny Gargano will become the first NXT Triple Crown champion because the amount of like great matches he's put on since he sort of became a part of NXT like the fans absolutely love him And I think he's paid his dues, and he needs a run with the big gold belt. Adam Cole and Undisputed Era, they can stick around, you know, maybe for a few more months after WrestleMania, and that's when they can take Mm -hmm. all the gold.
3: Well, see, now that you mention it, Gargano about possibly being the first Triple Crown champion. Adam Cole has also got that possibility of being that credential because he technically did win the NXT Tag Team Championships when Roderick Strong first joined the Undisputed Mm -hmm. Era. You can kind of argue that it was under the, th- uh, the free bird rule. So Adam Cole has also got this possibility of becoming a triple crown champion. Could,
2: this one could literally go either way, but I think Gargano's got the edge here. Right.
3: Well, I think we can all agree, though, that TakeOver is always one show to look forward to. I mean, who, who's looking forward to this more Me. than WrestleMania?
1: Actually, like... Last year's uh, takeover New Orleans, last year I think was my favourite takeover, but I think this could, if they play their cards right, they could like top this is the best
2: takeover of all time. It's going to have to be something special, especially because we're not getting the conclusion to Champa Gargano, but I think, yeah. given the situation they're in, they're going to go all
1: out, and I think New Orleans were, is going to get a run for its money. They made the right decision, yeah. kind of not putting this up against uh, G1 Supercard, because, like, it's not fair to the fans, it's not fair to them to have to compete.
3: Oh, yeah, Absolutely, and speaking of the G1 Supercard, Scott, your show will be coming out later this week as well, so make sure that people are subscribed on all good Android podcasting sites, Spotify and iTunes. It's coming out on Saturday, isn't
1: it? Yes, it is. I've uh, assembled a elite panel, you can see, along with Granit Bobby and Mirror Sports' Mo Shantra, so we we'll look forward to that.
3: Ah, oh, nice. Right, right, that has been our NXT TakeOver New York special. Tomorrow, we will be bringing you our WrestleMania preview show, breaking down the match card and giving our predictions ahead of Sunday. Now, I will say thank you to my panel, Ryan. Thank you. Dave and
0: Thank Scott, you.
3: Thank you. And we'll see you later. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f*** you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you th- honking bag of d***.
0: Tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f*** you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions. Get on it right
1: now! Sports Social Podcast Network
3: OK,
2: round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Huh?
2: <sighs>